You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hi, this is Justin Spike again, recording in Budapest, Hungary. I wanted to share some updates on what's going on here in Hungary in the last week, and also share some of the thoughts I've been having concerning the coronavirus and where we're headed into the future. Um, Here in Hungary, the news from the last few days is that it appears that some of the lockdown restrictions will be lifted or relaxed around May 3rd. Uh, The Prime Minister, Viktor Orban, has said that based on modeling that the government is using, the curve will begin to be flattened here around May 3rd, after which point the government will present a plan for opening the country back up and lifting restrictions. Uh, Orban said that by that date, the country will be at full capacity. Uh, It'll have all the equipment it needs to fight the virus. It'll have enough ventilators, hospital beds, uh, medical staff, etc., Uh, and will therefore be able to start lifting some of the restrictions. This has happened already in a few European countries. Uh, There's school children already going to school in Denmark. Uh, Our neighbor to the west, Austria, appears to be opening their borders, Um, which is really interesting because I read recently that the Czech Republic uh, has indicated that they might not open their borders for another year, Uh, Another government official said it might be as many as two years before the country opens its borders, um, which really brought a lot of questions into my mind about the future of the Schengen area. Uh, We saw already back in 2015 and 2016 when the refugee crisis came to Europe how the Schengen area really was put to the test and a lot of states within the, the borderless area in Europe began throwing their borders up at the first sign of crisis. Uh, We've seen a lot of that at the same time here in uh, the coronavirus crisis. Countries locked their national borders, uh, disallowed international travel, despite the fact that in principle the Schengen area is entirely a, a borderless area. So that's giving me a lot of thoughts and a lot of questions about what the future of the Schengen area might look like in the future. I can see that maybe... Uh, it would be made really conditional. Uh, I think that this crisis, kind of like the the refugee crisis of 2015, could represent uh, another weakening of the the, princ- the fundamental principles of the Schengen area. And maybe by the time we come out on the other side of coronavirus, the borderless Europe will not look the same way that it did as we went in. Um, one solution uh, to this issue that has been floated in the Czech Republic is that this summer they've talked about creating a tourist corridor between the Czech Republic and Croatia for people, for Czechs who want to go down to Croatia uh, to summer holiday to the beach. Um, I think Czechs are the highest represented nationality in the summertime in Croatia, and they really want to keep that tourist uh, economy going as, as insofar as it's possible. But what they've talked about doing is creating this special tourist corridor and requiring Czechs who want to cross the Croatian border to present documentation showing that they've had a negative coronavirus test in order to get in the country. And that brought up a lot of thoughts to me about um, what it might look like in the future in terms of opening up 
travel, opening up economies, and who will be those individuals who can take full advantage uh, of those relaxations and the restrictions. Uh, We've already seen in China, people are being assigned color-coded rankings or ratings, essentially, uh, which determine what services they're able to use, where they're able to go, whether they're allowed to travel, to leave cities, to use public transportation. Uh, So the Chinese government has utilized various uh, social media tools and applications there to uh, essentially give people a rating based on their health or their risk to public health to determine what they can do and where they can go. And these are demonstrated or or presented on their smartphones and are scanned uh, at various checkpoints. This really seems to me to be sort of a grim uh, foretelling of what could possibly uh, come in our future. It could could start this way by assigning people rankings and, and scores based on on their epidemiological fitness to be in public and to travel. Um, but I think it could really push us into a future whereby these kinds of rankings and scores would be applied to people based on other criteria, uh, not just coronavirus, but uh, other sorts of social scores and sort of a, a black mirror scenario. Um, and I think that's really something to keep an eye on. I, and And it really brought it to my mind when I saw that the Czech Republic wants to keep its borders closed except for the special tourist corridor, uh, but that would only be accessible to certain people uh, in possession of the right kinds of documents. I also got to thinking that when you have a document as valuable as that, imagine after weeks or months uh, in lockdown how desperately people will want to leave their homes and leave their cities Uh, and even leave their countries, go abroad, go on vacation, do the things that they've always liked to do. But without the proper documentation, they'll be unable to do so. How valuable it makes that kind of a document. And I've been wondering whether some sort of a coronavirus black market could emerge from uh, the need to present such documentation to do do these sorts of things. So that's something I'm going to be keeping my my eye on uh, in the future. I think it's a fascinating story. Um, in terms of what's going back on back here in Hungary, um, the government, as it, as I mentioned, plans to relax some of these, uh, restrictions, but that doesn't really signal the end of the state of emergency. So as I mentioned in past, uh, recordings, the state of emergency has basically granted the government extraordinary powers to rule by decree. The most recent uh, of these decrees was the establishment of a special economic zone in the Budapest suburb of Good. It's about 15 kilometers north of Budapest. So the government established this special economic zone there. So a special economic zone is basically a, an administrative enclave within a country which has different uh, economic business and trade laws uh, than exist in the rest of the country. They're usually used in developing economies uh, to promote trade and to entice direct foreign investment from abroad using various incentives like reduced or waived corporate taxes, reduced or eliminated customs and duties, relaxed labor regulations, etc. So one of these things was uh, erected in the city of Good, and it was done so around a factory which exists there, a major foreign investment 
by the Samsung Corporation, the South Korean technology company. So this plant uh, in good produces electronic uh, batteries or batteries for electronic vehicles. And uh, the government has essentially ceded control of that plant and of all the taxes which uh, are paid by that plant to a county assembly. So previously, control of the factory was held by the municipality uh, in which it sits in good. That city was controlled by a, a mayor from a, a small opposition party who won an election there in October of last year. So now that the county assembly will uh, be the beneficiary of the taxes paid by this massive factory. That essentially means that one-third of the budget of, of that city uh, will be stripped away and handed over to this county assembly. What's important about that is that the county assemblies, there's 19 of them for each county in Hungary, and all of them uh, are controlled by the Fidesz party. The Fidesz party has a majority uh, in every one of those uh, assemblies. So uh, what this means is that it's it's a continuation of a trend that we've seen since the coronavirus crisis hit, uh, whereby the central government is depriving municipalities, especially those led by members of opposition parties, of really desperately needed funds. I mentioned in a, in a previous recording that... Uh, they had made parking free across the country, which takes money away from municipalities. They had uh, appropriated motor vehicle taxes from municipalities, uh, which is another big part of their revenues. And now we see the establishment of the special economic zone. It's certain not to be the last. And I'll be curious to see where the next one uh, is erected. Uh, the fact that this one was erected in uh a city so close to Budapest and one which was, which is uh, run by an opposition mayor, I think is really telling and really interesting. Uh, the mayor himself has said that he thinks the aim behind this measure uh, was to basically break off any further negotiations between the factory and the local residents of the city. Uh, so there have been some disputes about how they were disposing of toxic materials, uh, noise issues, etc. And uh, the mayor believes it was just uh, a means to override those previous disputes that uh, the city had had with Samsung and allow the plant expansion uh, to go forward without any further consultation with the locals. And he also doesn't believe that the government intends to give control of the Samsung plant back to the municipality. He thinks that it will maintain control of it indefinitely. Uh, so we'll see where that goes, but I think it signals uh, yet another step by the central government to try to centralize power, uh, deprive localities of their political autonomy, and uh, create an even more centralized uh, and authoritarian power here in Hungary. Uh, so that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. See you next time.